new CBS Monday. Federal agents! Hands where we can see them! NCIS Hawaii is back. About to set it up! New criminals to catch. Armed robbery, aggravated assault, murder. And new investigations to be solved. These guys were good, but even masters make mistakes. Vanessa Lachey and featuring LL Cool J. Violent Island, you got here. Welcome to paradise. A new NCIS Hawaii, Monday, 10, 9 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Good morning. It is Tuesday, July 27th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Lance Glenn. I hope everyone has had a good beginning of the week and enjoyed our conversation about North Carolina yesterday. Before we start, I wanted to remind everyone that if you like what you hear, make sure to drop us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We love to see your comments and would be so gracious for feedback if you want us to cover a topic we haven't already, or if we haven't hit your favorite team yet as we preview all of the Power 5 schools and some group of fives as well this offseason on the College Football Daily. Of course, if we have already covered your favorite team and you missed it or you want to listen back, don't worry, we have all the episodes for you. Just go to Spotify, search for the playlist across the country with the College Football Daily and listen as we preview your favorite program. We are continuing our goal of hitting all the Power 5 teams and a few group of five schools today as we preview Washington State. Joining me on the podcast and on the line now covering Cougar football for 24-7 sports, CougFan.com, is Zachary Armstrong. Zach, how are we doing? Thanks so much for coming on today. I'm good, Lance. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So I want to start with Nick Rolovich. And look, before I even ask this question, look, I'm not trying to get political. Obviously, everyone has their own opinion. That That's fine. But it's something that's obviously worth talking about for sure. He will not be at Pac-12 Media Days that start today. He will attend remotely because he has not yet received the COVID-19 vaccine and may not receive it at all. Has there been backlash regarding the statement that he put out a couple days ago to maybe like a week ago. And and I guess what's just been the overall reaction to that statement and his choice not to get vaccinated? Well, there's been a lot of mixed statements put out. Um, I would say for the most part, people are a little bit disappointed. I think most people mutually agree that it is his decision, his medical decision, and he has a right to not necessarily disclose all of his information. But At the same time, the university is heavily pushing for faculty, students, staff to be vaccinated. Hours after Rolovich put out that statement, WSU President Kirk Schultz put out a tweet, another story through the WSU Insider, and just explained how everybody is expected to be vaccinated come fall. So for the most part, on different social platforms, there's been a lot of questioning. Is there problems between Rolovich and WSU leadership? How is WSU leadership sort of responding to this? Because it came at a very odd time. I'm not sure that everyone expected Rolovich to put out that statement. And obviously with Pac-12 Media Days, he'll be the only guy, only coach on Zoom. So I've seen a lot of stories saying it's tough for WSU because some people want him gone. Some people want him to get vaccinated and move on. And at the same time, people want to respect his decision and don't want WSU to die on this hill that seems very avoidable. So there's been a lot of mixed emotions. And unfortunately, WSU hasn't really stated much since last week and Rolovich put out the comment. So I think at Pac-12 Media Days, he's going to get asked about it quite a bit. Obviously, the players are going to have to be answering questions about their coaches' decisions. So I think with Pac-12 Media Days starting, a lot of those will get answered. But It's definitely been mixed emotions. And I think a lot of WSU fans are just frustrated because they don't know what the future looks like and how this season will go 
with the head coach not being vaccinated. You said something really interesting right there. And you mentioned how people are disappointed um, and, you know, some wa- don't want uh, Washington State to die on the hill that you said is avoidable. But there are others you mentioned that might use this or might want Rolovich to be fired because of this issue going on. Is is that really the case? Are people besides, look, the one in three record last year is what it was. It was a crazy season in 2020. But with that combined with this again, issue going on with Washington State mandating vaccines while Nick Rolovich is coming out and saying, I'm not going to be vaccinated. Are people kind of saying, you know, maybe he's not the right guy for this job? A little bit. Um, I've seen that, but I've also seen it's early. Like you said, there was only four games last year, but also WSU dealt with a ton of COVID problems last year and a lot of contact tracing. And in the last game against Utah last year, they were down to minimal players minimal backups. So I think the frustration comes from the fact that a lot of people think we could have moved on from that one in three year and had a real shot with Rolovich because when he got hired and Mike Leach, when he got hired off Mike Leach leaving to Mississippi State, I think the majority of people thought it was a great move. Um, He had had a ton of success at Hawaii. And I think a lot of people are just, like I said, frustrated because here we are again, in a sort of sense, um, with COVID contact tracing, it seemed like WSU was doing all they could last year to just play. Players were saying they'd do anything to play. Rolovich was saying players would do anything to play. And then uh, here we are. And it seems like it could lead to issues, but it'll be interesting to see what the players at media days say the locker room environment's like. Because during spring ball, it was all about the team camaraderie. When I talked to WSU's linebacker and captain Jihad Woods this offseason, he compared the team's offseason drive and work to the team in 2018 with Gardner Minshew that went 11-2, and best record in school history, won the Alamo Bowl. So leading up to this point, it seemed like the buy-in was extremely high. Even right tackle Abraham Lucas, that's obviously one of, if not WSU's best player. This offseason also said on Zoom that people are showing up to voluntary workouts more than ever. They're doing player run practices, all those sort of things you want to see from a team with a second year head coach. But now it's just feels like we've hit ground zero sort of a little bit again, because I don't know, it just seems we're, we're you know, fall camps in two weeks. And there's a lot of questions to be answered with the university now, the head coach, and then all, how all the players feel about it. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of these questions, most of these questions are voidable. And, you know, you kind of that was a good segue to my next question. What do the players think about this? You know, do they do they generally like Nick Rolovich? I know before last season, there was a little bit of a dispute between wide receiver Cassidy Woods and Rolovich. Look, I'm sure any disagreements might be kind of kept under wraps. But from what you know, do you think he's well liked in the locker room? I do. Like I said, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the players react to the vaccine decision by itself. But the way that they spoke about him, you know, like you said, there was that controversy last offseason. And WSU had a number of departures in the defensive back room, wide receiver group, a lot of transfers during the COVID season and after the COVID season. And between that Cassidy Wood situation, there was some questions like, What's going on with the program? Is this because of COVID and people not getting the opportunities they want? Or is this sort of maybe Rolovich turning the program into what he wants it to be? And then I kind of mentioned that Abe Lucas conversation. When I spoke to him, he said that 
the players who are gone, it's a good thing. It was it was very honest conversation with Abe. And he just said, you know, we didn't need the people who were just showing up just to show up. And we're at that point where he said, for the most part, everyone's bought in. And I think Rolovich does do a really good job of pushing the family environment. I know he's one of those guys that's if you work hard on scout team, if you work hard on practice as an underrated guy, you could see the field when you're not necessarily supposed to because of your work ethic. So I think a lot of guys buy in to what he's teaching. And I know he's a lot more personal with the players than they might've experienced in the past, but now it's a matter of, did he put too much pressure on the players? Um, I kind of mentioned with Pac-12 Media Day, it'll be interesting to see how the players handle questions about their coach. And if that's just going to take up, you know, the majority of fall camp, there's a quarterback competition to be settled. There's all sorts of different offensive line, defensive backfield position battles to be solved. And instead, I have a feeling that this is going to be sort of the story for WSU heading into 2021. And there's a lot of people back. And I feel like a lot of expectations that we could be talking about other than this. So it'll be interesting to see if that starts to frustrate the players and if they sort of get tired of facing those questions that it's all about what's going on in the program, how's the university, you know, those things where when they went just want to talk ball and they just want to play ball after last year's questions were all about contact tracing and testing and all those things. Certainly it'll be something to watch for um, as they're at Pac-12 media days while Nick Rolovich is there via Zoom. So let's talk about this team. I'm familiar with Jarrett Quarantano because he's from my home state of New Jersey, but I know, look, his spring game wasn't great to say the least. And it's not hard to see the struggles he had at Tennessee. Is he the guy going forward for Washington State? You know, what's the quarterback battle looking like this offseason for the Cougars? Going into fall camp, I can't say he's the guy. Jaden Delora was obviously WSU's starter last year as a true freshman. This offseason, he got into some trouble on campus, got a DUI, and was suspended for spring ball. So it was just Jarrett and uh, Cameron Cooper, who's a fourth-year junior guy, but he's never started before. And so everyone was kind of talking about this three-man race to come. And unfortunately for Jarrett and Cameron, neither of them really separated themselves or showed that they can be the consistent number one guy in spring. Obviously still learning the run and shoot offense, which is pretty dang complex. And for Jarrett coming in and taking that in starting in January, but as of right now, I think Delora is still the guy played in the offense in high school, uh, showed really good flashes last fall, ability to move, um, obviously some freshman decision-making problems in there, here and there. And WSU had a lot of problems with injuries and playing different wide receivers where the run and shoot is supposed to sort of be that four set wide receivers. So I think with a more dominant wide receiver group in fall, as long as Jaden is able to show that he matured between the offseason and being a freshman and what he went through, if he showed he matured and still has a handle on this offense and still can move it and make plays that you want to see, um, I think he's the guy. But for Jarrett, he needs a fall camp of consistency because obviously at Tennessee, struggled a ton with consistency. And in spring ball, there was a lot of inconsistency. Given the benefit of learning the offense, but everything seemed a little conservative, short game for both him and Cameron. So I'm excited to see if Jaden comes in and sort of pushes that entire group with moving around, letting the ball rip deep, um, some of those things. But right now, I would give it to Jaden, barring obviously Jarrett's mastering the run and shoot offense this summer. But um, I think they'll roll with Jaden again. It's just hard because obviously Jarrett's grad transfer with only one year of eligibility. So 
those two are the finalists, but right now I'd give it to Jaden heading into August. Yeah, I know you mentioned grad transfer. Obviously, when someone goes from the East Coast in Tennessee, or I guess you could say the South, but on the, you know, very far from where Washington State is all the way over to Washington State across the country, you'd think that he would be willing to go that far because there's some sort of caveat that maybe he would get the first shot. But we'll see. Obviously, as fall camp comes around. A couple more for me, Zach. Do you think Nick Rolovich is on track with his building process? Look, obviously last season may have set some things behind with COVID and everything like that, but do you think the program is where he wants it to be in year two of this rebuild? I do. Every time we talk about Rolovich, I just think about what's going on with the vaccine and all these people with differing opinions. But if you look at where the program could have gone with Leach departing and when he came in the beginning of January 2020, gone through COVID, gone through all those transfers and all sort of things they faced to have the players completely bought in in this summer and just ready to let loose in the fall. You know, I think if the players weren't bought in, we wouldn't have so many 60 year guys back. The likes of Jihad Woods, grad transfers coming in, you know, we've got three different uh, defensive back transfers this offseason. So I just think people want to play for him. Um, it's just a matter of his, you know, sort of how he leads. I think inside the building, he is a great leader. Obviously, outside of the building, people have some questions about some of the things that have gone on. But I think the team buys into him, and I do think it is where he wants it to be. Farolovich, coming from Hawaii, where he was a player, OC, head coach, to the Pac-12 and a Power 5 program, I think it's definitely grown, and I definitely think it's changed a little bit for the better. But it's just a matter of how they perform come this year, because I think despite a tough schedule, people are going to expect to see a lot of improvements from last year because last year was just tough to watch and obviously a lot of excuses for the play. So last one for me, one and three last year, and this year they they play USC, Utah, Washington, Oregon, Arizona State. So it's a difficult schedule for sure. What are expectations for Washington State coming into the season? I think realistically a successful season would be for WSU to get to a bowl to get six wins obviously five straight bowl appearances with Leach and then last year just feels like a throwaway year in a sense so I think if WSU was able to go six and six with the 12 scheduled games I personally would say they exceeded a little bit of expectations because they even have you know BYU coming in as one of the non-conference games before they take on Oregon and the likes of UW so I think if they're able to get six wins, they're able to pack Martin Stadium again at 100% capacity. 2022 will sort of been when we turn back to getting back to where we were with Gardner and 11 and two year, all those things. Uh, but for right now, I think, and a lot of people are projecting WSU to sort of go five and seven or four and eight, six and six, like I said. But like, I think a bowl game would be a big win for WSU and proving that they can still take on and defeat a lot of the Pac-12 schools. You know, we have a history of hanging with Oregon, or at least we beat Oregon four times before the start of the 2019 season. And I think if Rolovich and the rest of the group is able to come out and say, we can still hang with USC, we can beat Oregon State, Arizona, go on the road and hang with Arizona State, if not beat Arizona State, then that's a win for WSU because we're still an underdog in the Pac-12. And I think especially this year with quarterback questions, Rolovich questions, all those things, a bowl game would be a, a big win for WSU. 
covering Washington State football for 24-7 sports, cougfan.com. You can follow him on Twitter at ZachArmstrong99. Zach, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it today. Thank you, Lance. Thank you for having me on. Remember that if you like what you hear, make sure to drop us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think, if you have any questions, any ideas for a topic, or if you haven't heard your favorite team yet. My name is Lance Glenn. Enjoy your Tuesday, everybody. We will be back tomorrow for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Grab your VIP pass. We're delving into the secretive world of Formula One. Behind the scenes with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining, this is Formula One motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We are in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes and this is F1, back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.